0: Well, hello and welcome to another episode of India on 99.94 with your hosts. I'm Nikesh Raghani and uh, alongside me, as always, Sara Waris. Sara, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. I've uh, been watching uh, quite a bit of the India in the West Indies series at the moment. Uh, how about yourself? Have you been keeping across the, the T20s and, and what do you make of it so far? One, one.
1: Yeah, the timings have really screwed us fans in India. Matches going on till 2 to 30 at night. Uh, so it's been very hectic. But Absolutely. yeah, going good, loving the contest that is an offer. And looking forward to the remaining two matches.
0: In terms of what we've seen so far then, of course, India toured England uh, with the T20 and ODI sides. Um, just just recently and uh, back into this series in the West Indies as well there's been lots of talk hasn't there about India's batting lineup going into that T20 World Cup later this year it's of course in Australia have India really do you feel in the last couple of months had a chance to have everyone available and and sort of field what they feel would be their best batting 11 do they even know what their best batting lineup is?
1: I think having the rich talent which they do has added to their dilemma because there are so many players available right now. So who do you drop? Uh, There's Virat Kohli who's not been playing this series. Uh, There is... Sanju Samson, such a talented player waiting in the ranks. I don't think he's in contention for a spot in the World Cup, unfortunately. Uh, there is Deepak Huda who's done well. It puts a question mark on should India go ahead with Ravindra Jadeja. Risha Pant is there. So there are too many options there. With KL Rahul also coming back, it just adds to all the confusion. And I think the biggest challenge for India will be selecting the best batting attack the bowling is sort of uh, finalized just one or two contentious picks here and there but what the batting will be is the main tricky headache for India and the selectors
0: well let's go through it a little bit more in detail then Rohit Sharma of course missed the last T20 international Um, back spasms he, he reckons he'll be okay for the final couple of games in the series. Uh, India, of course, leading the series now, uh, I should mention. I said 1-1. It's obviously 2-1 after that last victory for India. A good run chase uh, once again. So Rohit at the top of the order. If he's fit, first and foremost, Sarah, he's captain. He plays, right?
1: Definitely. Rohit is a must. And especially after the 20 World Cup last year he's even looked to bat more aggressively in the power play uh, his strike rate is almost 150 in the power play uh, since the World Cup last year which was 140 before that so uh, he's looked to bat more aggressively he's probably recognized that the approach of keeping wickets and then going for the kill later on was not helping India uh, so Obviously, he's a must and there's no doubt about it. His captaincy has been pretty impressive as well. So he's one of the first names on the sheet.
0: I'd agree with that. But while we're on the subject of strike rates and and batting aggressively, both in the power play and and just throughout the innings, I mean, we've seen this from India, haven't we? It's almost like what England did after the 2015 ODI World Cup and in all their white ball cricket, just attack, attack, attack. Sometimes... You'll go out on your sword like that and it won't quite be your day and and you'll be humiliated, but that is the brand of cricket that they are looking to play clearly. Does Kale Rahul fit into that? Because a lot of people talk about his strike rate in the IPL in particular, where he's scoring loads and loads of runs at the top of the order. Um, Every season really is, is there or thereabouts. But his strike rate, particularly once you're out of those power playovers, and he takes up, what, 50 balls to get his 65 or whatever. Is that kind of thing good enough? Is that going to fit into this new brand of Indian cricket?
1: I think KL Rahul, like, if you see his strike rate for India, it's slightly better. It's in the 140s. Uh, and he is a pretty talented player. So KL Rahul, I, for me, I think there's a toss-up between KL Rahul and Virat Kohli, to be very honest. Both take time to get going and uh, with the brand of cricket that they're playing now, it's very tough to accommodate two players who potentially score at 120-130 in in the first 20-30 balls uh, because that will set India back. So for me, there's either KL Rahul or Virat Kohli. Unfortunately, I love both of them, but unfortunately, I don't see both of them in my eleven.
0: Really, wow! Yeah. Who, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who who misses out for you at this stage?
1: As much of Are a fan as say? I am of Virat Kohli, but on current form, potentially, I would. I don't see a spot for Virat Kohli in the eleven.
0: Are you allowed to say that in India? Wow!
1: Waiting Virat for Kohli trolls to tomorrow.
0: <laughs> a lot of trolls coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you have a, a point there, though. A lot of people have suggested, does, does T20 cricket need him? And does mm-hmm. he need T20 cricket at this point in his career? He's achieved yeah. so much yep. through all formats, really. He was a fantastic T20 player for so many years. We, we have to remember that as well, both domestically uh, in the IPL, particularly what he did in that 2016 season mm-hmm. and in that sort of golden period where he was just the king of all three formats. Yeah. For so long, I mean, his, his T20 international record is still absolutely fantastic. If you look at the numbers, yeah. it's right up there with anyone else in the world. Um, average, uh, you know, just, just the intent and, and everything that he had in previous years. But does he need it? Does it need him? Is it is it time perhaps for maybe him to step away from this format, particularly internationally?
1: Yep. Uh, so if you see his T20 strike rate in the middle overs, Uh, is 114 he struggles against spin which could uh, set India back especially as I said if Surya Kumar or uh, even Hardik Pandya are going at 70 and 30 balls at the other end but if he is scoring at 50 and 40 then that could set India back. Um, On the other hand we have seen what he's done and sometimes in a setup where everyone is going after their shots you need someone to uh, hold anchor and take the team through something which maybe India lacked in the second T20 I when everyone was just going bang bang and there was no uh, no player to see India through this is what Virat Kohli did last year in Pakistan when everyone the top three four wickets fell early and Kohli then played his game and Took India to a decentish total. Uh, but then KL Rahul can do a similar job. So if there's a toss up between KL Rahul and Kohli, again, I'd say that Kohli, despite all his experience, unfortunately will have to sit out. Yeah.
0: yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the selectors feel the same way because that would be a massive call. I mean, we've yeah. seen controversy between the BCCI and Virat Kohli over the captaincy in recent times as well um, so who knows who knows maybe, maybe somebody there is brave enough to take that call and, and does feel the same way we're in no way saying that <laughs> Virat Kohli is finished as a cricketer but perhaps in this format perhaps he's, he's done everything that he can he's come to the end of the line in, in T20 internationals and, and it might be uh, an opportunity for India to look in a different direction but just Staying with Virat Kohli and the rest of the guys for a second as well, because Kohli in particular, I mean, you look at his T20 international stats and we talk about matchups, don't we? And his worst matchup, we talk about the spinners there. And yes, there's been some high profile dismissals, particularly against England. Adil Rashid has got his number. Moen Ali tends to get him sometimes as well. But left arm seam is what he struggles yeah. against the most. His lowest strike rate comes against left arm seamers in T20 international cricket. And it's been a bit of a problem throughout the Indian side in white ball cricket, hasn't it? I mean, yep. even if we just go back as recently as the last T20 World Cup, Shaheen Shah Afridi in that mm-hmm. famous first uh, spell against India in that match, pretty much almost winning the game mm-hmm. in that little spell, you could argue with the two wickets of Rohit Sharma and Kael Rahul and two beauties there were as well. Uh, but then more recently, Obed McCoy with the six for mm-hmm. against India. Reese Topley with six for in an ODI yeah. Uh, in, in the English summer as well. And uh, you go back and, and Marco Janssen across all formats uh, earlier in that South Africa tour uh, a number of months ago as well. So it has been a bit of an issue, hasn't it? And you look ahead to the Australian T20 World Cup later on this year. They're, they're all going to be there, these boys. Yep, Mitchell Stark as well. So it's, it's not going to be easy. Is that something that you feel is a genuine problem for India? Do they need to work on this? Is it just left arm seamers a difficult for everyone? What do you put it down to?
1: Uh, I think um, I was just looking at some stats and from June alone in T20Is, Indians have been dismissed 22 times by left armers, which is like a huge number. And obviously there are some issues, but it's not... India only, who has been struggling against left armors. Because if you see Australia and New Zealand, they average around 13 and 15 against them. In T20, is in the last uh, one year or so. So it's not just India who has struggled against them. It's uh, Other teams also have do not have the best record. Probably, I'd say it's uh, down to, you know, how scarce they are all over. And the angle which they create, it's even tough for other teams because there are not many left armors all around. So I think getting accustomed to their angle and uh, their swing, most of them, uh, is difficult. So I think India has struggled, but it's not that the other teams are very good against it.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I I just seem to remember that... Sachin had a few problems against left-arm seamers from time to time as well, going going back a few years. Is, I suppose they're the ones that stick out where, when those left-armers come in. Like you say, there's not many of them. Yeah. In international cricket, there's, there's, you know, usually one in, in each squad. Maybe a couple of sides have got more than one, like England with Willy and Topley more recently. Um, but it's, I suppose, just getting used to a new angle and, and, and whatever else it might be. I suppose one advantage that India have got is they have got a very good left arm seamer in Ashdeep Singh. Um, doesn't swing the ball as much, but you know, can do a little bit early on with the ball and particularly the death. So brilliant, so so useful uh, to ha- to have another excellent death bowler. We talk about Jasprit Bumrah all the time, Ashdeep Singh. Given his death bowling, is he one of those couple of spots that you think might be up for grabs in terms of the bowling department? Do you think he might sneak his way in there?
1: I would say yes. Uh, Surya Kumar and Ashdeep are the two players I would say have taken have transitioned seamlessly from IPL to international cricket. These two, and Arshdeep, he's just played very few matches, but he's been very economical. Even yesterday, his one of his expensive spells was thirty odd runs. So he's been brilliant in the death. He he uses his brains. Like he's not someone who's just bowling mindlessly. He knows what the bats batter is looking to do, and he just comes in and. Um, yeah, with Bumrah, he'll be a very lethal combo at the death. And I'm very excited to see what both of them can do. And also, I, so. Go on. Uh, I just had one more point to add to the left uh, arm pacers thing. India have just had 20 left armers in international cricket so that's you know that again shows how they they have struggled because they don't have quality left-armers around them over the years so at the nets probably they don't have a lot of bowlers who can uh bowl to them with that angle and prepare them for international uh you know for a match so that's also very interesting well they point, they, they yeah.
0: probably use them all up in in a set period of time didn't they in the early noughties yeah. when you had zahir khan ashish nehra irfan pathan rp singh I you know they, they were almost yeah. all in the squad together weren't they for that period of time india couldn't find yeah. couldn't find a right arm seamer of any quality uh, to to play for a, a sit, you know a set length of yep. time in the international side in those days so they they did have a good few coming in a few years ago but you're right there's there's not that many when you look at in the indian domestic scene at the moment and in the ipl when you're looking ahead to Things like T20 World Cups, uh, domestically, there's there's not a great deal of quality uh, in that department. Uh, you're right, and there hasn't yep. been for a good few years uh, as well. Uh, in terms of the spinners then, wh- what are we looking at? Yuzi Jahel probably walks into the side, yep. uh, particularly in T20s. Are you going for two spinners? Are you going for Jadeja as the Spinning all-rounder, are you going for somebody like a, an Aksha Patel, maybe, who, who gives you a little bit something different in terms of intent, perhaps, with the bat? He's, you know, Jadeja's matured more as a batter. and He's more a top-order batter now, whereas Aksha is more still the lower-order hitter right. who can just come out and hit from ball one. Are you still going with Jadeja just for his all-round qualities?
1: I, if there's not much in it for the spinners, I just go in with Chehel. Uh, If TK, Hardik, Krishapant, Kohli I won't have Kohli in my 11, sorry All of them play is very difficult to fit in Jadeja Uh, But if there is a spot for a second uh, spinner I'll have Jadeja uh, Does he not have to play? Does
0: he not have to play in every format for India Whenever he's available? Is he not that player that just has to play?
1: He's not that done that well in T20 eyes with the bat. So he he has a strike rate of 120 odd, averages 23. So he's not really done that well with the bat for India. He has played a few crucial knocks. But then you wonder whether the players who are in the ranks, like who are on the bench, whether they can do a better job, like for example, with Deepak Huda. So and he can bowl as well a few overs he's done pretty decent with the ball so you wonder whether he can fight for jadeja um yeah like if the conditions are not very spin friendly
0: and just those names you're reeling off and and the names we see coming in for the west indies series and soon to be coming in for the zimbabwe odis as well yeah. india have really embraced this new world of modern cricket with, you know, people complain about jam-packed schedules. India have got the advantage of 1.5 billion people uh, as their population and, and lots of cricketers to choose from. But just the quality that they have yeah. within those 30, 35, 40 players, even that they pick across all three formats, they're the first country that could make this work couldn't they these schedules which just come back to back you're playing a series in England then two days later you're playing one in the West Indies and they can pick different squads and they can still do well and they're ahead of the curve in that respect I'm not sure every other cricketing nation will be able to follow suit they just don't have the personnel just don't have the depth in quality that India do but certainly you'd feel England might get there Australia might get there at some stage in the future, even Pakistan with their huge population and, and you know, lots of domestic uh, quality that they've got may get there. But India well ahead of the curve in terms of that. And they just seem to move seamlessly between series to series, different captains, different personnel. And the results just keep coming, don't they, at the moment?
1: Yeah. So Hardik Pandey has said this, I think, a few months ago that India can feel two other teams and dominate attacks, uh, dominate You know when he said that though,
0: Sara, he said that before the last T20 World Cup. Yeah. And, and then India yeah, went was and totally lost to Pakistan and New that. Zealand yeah. in their first two games and, and effectively got knocked out. What he said was, is that they can field not only two other sides and, and do well, but we can yeah. win any tournament in the world. Yeah. Well, that was his quote. And it wasn't great timing from Hardik Bandi. I mean, he's got a point Yeah, but they've got the potential to. Um, but just in terms of how things went over in the UAE, wasn't wasn't perhaps the best timing? But yeah. yeah, that is what it is, isn't it? Essentially, they they can compete with anyone with with two or three different sides.
1: Yep. Uh, so Deepak Hooda will not walk into the main eleven, but he's done so well. Whenever he's gotten an opportunity, he's just one of the bowlers, uh, one of the players who has raised his game and taking made the most of his chances. Uh like him, there are so many others. Um Sanjay Samson, whatever little opportunities he's gotten, he's done very well. So there are people like Sanjay Samson, Huda, who might not even make the squad for the World Cup, which shows just how um you know the how bright the future of Indian cricket is. And uh, as you rightly said, that no matter the schedule, uh how jam-packed international calendar gets, there will always be enough rest. India has the luxury right now to rest Bumrah for one series, but ensure that a, a person of the talent of Arshdeep is there to ensure that, you know, the death polling is not all wavered in Bumrah's absence. So, yeah.
0: Okay, well, let's leave the, the men to one side for a moment. Uh, obviously, they've got the two remaining matches of the T20 series in the West Indies to come as we record this podcast. We're a couple of days out from those uh, two final matches. And let's focus on the women at the Commonwealth Games. The Indian women uh, took on Australia in their opening Mm -hmm. match. This Commonwealth Games, Uh, it's just eight teams, two groups. Everyone plays each other once and the top two teams go through to the gold medal match and the two second place teams play off for the bronze medal. So important to get off to a good start in the competition but Sarah it's it's that same old story isn't it against Australia Mm -hmm. they get themselves into a wonderful position India they post 150 odd which was an okay total I felt on that pitch it wasn't the the best pitch that we've ever seen at Edgbaston where all the matches are taking place and Harman Brickor brilliant half century from her not out at the end as well and it was touch and go at the start. Australia with so much quality, they bat so deep. And they had them 49 for five, all the big yeah. guns gone. And then a couple of partnerships. And then the mistakes come in the field, as they always do with the Indian women's side, particularly against yeah. Australia. They, they they had that tour down under recently yeah. where... They got themselves into into so many winning positions throughout that tour yeah. and just came out on the losing side every time. They've not got the experience this time of Julang Goswami or Mitali Raj out there in the field and Goswami with the ball, of course, so brilliant uh, throughout the innings, really. So they've, they've not got that extra bit of experience. But what a performance, firstly, to get the Aussies 49 for five. Thakur, with, with an absolutely wonderful spell there up front, bowled her four overs out um, from the off. And then they just let them off the hook. What happened?
1: So my tweet at the halfway stage was, wow, this match is a dream. It ended in a nightmare very soon. That's how it's been for a women's cricket fan or uh, in the last few uh, years, I'd say. Uh, so the Indian team, they bounce back to draw a improbable a match which was almost gone against uh, England in the test match last year. They come back strongly to... They put on a fight against Australia in so many matches. Uh, they have constantly uh, competed against the Australian team, but it's just as you said, it's the inability to close off games, which I think comes down to nerves and the. It's just that it's the inability to handle that pressure in the uh, in the end, like a win is towards them, but they just fail. So, and the only answer which I can find is just get a women's IPL. Uh, It's as simple. Jemima Rodrigues said this in an interview with Ashwin, that the women cricketers, they don't know what to do because they haven't been in that position before. So they don't know how to close off a match. They've not... They haven't had that experience. Obviously, playing in domestic cricket is very different than playing against the Australian team. So, the talent is there. We've seen it. We've seen how Indians have run Australia close again and again. Even in the World Cup this year, the 50-over World Cup, the match between the two teams went till the last over. So, it's not that they don't have the potential. We all know what they can do. But it's just the clutch moments, as they say, which they are unable to grab onto. So... I think it's just that. And even though uh, of women cricketers are allowed to play in the T20 leagues, which adds to the experience, it's just four or five. It's Smriti Mandana, it's Shafali Verma, it's Harmanpreet Kaur. Uh, Most of the other players, like Yastika Bhatia, they don't have that experience just yet. And we don't know when they'll get that opportunity. So, yeah, women's IPL is the answer for it, I'd say.
0: Yeah, well, it's been called for for a number of years, hasn't it? And it's yeah. it's so frustrating that it's not happened as of yet. Obviously, it's it's not at the top of the BCCI's priority list. Uh, of, of course, it's not. I mean, you know, they, they might tell us yeah. otherwise. But if it was, yeah. it would have been done a long time ago. The money's there, the infrastructure's there. There's enough interest in it, um, particularly from a from playing point of view. And, you know, if you brand it in the right way, then the spectators will come in as well. And I I suppose the opportunity, really, we've talked about this before on various other platforms and and I'm sure you've spoken to your colleagues about it as well, like I have with mine, the 2017 ODI World Cup. That was when, again, India... Should have won that final but, (laughs) you know, kind of couldn't hold their nerve and, you know, we all know what Anja Shrubsell did with the ball for England, taking that six for uh, right there at the end to win it for England. But that was the moment, playing a World Cup final at Lords, competing, you know, thumping Australia in the semi-final Mm -hmm. as well in, in some style and just making a real statement that we are the Indian women's cricket team and and we are here to compete with the very best in the world. We're here to win World Cups and we're going to be there or thereabouts and we've got all this talent, look at us. That was a showpiece event and it should have happened after that really. That was the moment. Do, Do you feel the BCCI just completely missed that?
1: Definitely. So what I've been hearing is that they want the women's team to win an event to win a World Cup to get more consistent performances and then a woman's IPL will be on the radar. But you, if you want results, you need a woman's IPL. You can't expect India with the, with the iffy infrastructure that they have to go and win a World Cup and then you're like, okay, a woman's IPL will be held now. To get the world cup to get more results on the international stage you need people to play together to play under pressure together to know what it's like to be in the nervous um, nervy moments and to get on top of that and uh, unless players are accustomed to doing that again and again they will fail in the world cup like Semifinals. They lost in the semifinals in 2018 T20 World Cup. They lost in the finals of the 2020 World Cup. Even this year's World Cup, they just about lost it in the last over and they crashed out of the league stages. So it's just the inability to take those clutch moments. And
0: and I suppose yeah. it's, it's playing with and against the best players in the world on a regular basis, knowing... Yeah. A, their strengths and weaknesses, but also speaking to these players like the men have done. And we, we talk about the men and the pool of talent in India now, particularly in white ball cricket. A lot of that is down to the IPL. It's, yeah. it's these young guys, for example, at the Rajasthan Royals, the likes of Ravi Jadeja, spending all that time with Shane Warne. In his early years uh, yeah. at the Rajasthan Royals, and having somebody like that as a mentor, and you know, Yusuf Pathan the same, and you know, Pathan went on to win the 2011 World Cup, uh, of course, uh, with India, and Jadeja's gone on to have a great career, and it's not just them. There's there's so many stories mm-hmm. uh, that have come out of the IPL. These young unknown cricketers, all of a sudden, they're exposed to the best in the world Mm. they're teammates with some of the best in the world they're picking up all this knowledge they're learning about the game they're learning about themselves as people and and what to do in certain situations and and how to you know portray yourself on the field and and how to be confident and how your body language makes a difference and whatever it might be field settings there's there's so many things that come into it which you're right a women's IPL India's women and young women as well, who we haven't heard of, who are domestic players, who haven't come onto the international scene, getting a chance, getting exposed to these players on a regular basis. I mean, it's with the BCCI saying that, that they're waiting for the women to to win one of these tournaments like the men did in 07 and, and then an ipl might be a good idea well it's it's a load of rubbish because the men's infrastructure was around for so mm. many years decades uh, before that they were having success all around the world in fact you know they won the 1983 world cup and it took them so long you know to to sort of dominate the world yeah. game um, even after that i mean yeah they've had their moments over the decades but it's only really since the turn of the new millennium and and even probably into the 2010s where india've really sort of latched on and, and sort of made the most of their population their talent the interest in cricket in the country and and done everything properly and and tried to keep politics to one side as much as is possible in a place like india the same needs to happen with the women's game because you're right unless yeah. unless they are exposed unless they are in these pressure situations and and also playing in front of bigger crowds Let, yeah. let's face it you know indian women's domestic cricket doesn't pull in big crowds If it was a domestic IPL with all the branding and the money and the advertising that goes into that, you're all of a sudden playing in front of, you know, 20,000, 30,000 people, whatever it might be. Game changer, absolute game changer to hold your nerve and to play in those pressure situations in front of that many people. That that is the way forward, isn't it? And that's the only way that they're going to improve.
1: Yeah. And uh, I had recently interviewed uh, Rajasthan Royals CEO, Jay klush Makram. So he uh, told me he'll be interested in, uh, in Rajasthan acquiring a women's IPL team. So just imagine if the fan base of Rajasthan is already there and people will associate with Rajasthan Royals, the men's fans will translate to uh, more people going to watch the women's games. So... Teams are excited. KKR recently held, uh, on Women's Day, they held an academy for women players, for upcoming women players. So teams are excited. uh, Potentially, uh, even if four or five IPL teams get on board and start, like, have a collaboration with the women's team and get their branding in the women's IPL, that will also attract fans because if I'm a, I'm a fan of the KKR men's team, but I'll automatically start supporting the women's team also. So, and hating uh, them
0: at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, true, hating <laughs> them more. So uh, it's um, it's exciting. People are excited. Even the IPL owners, some of them, they are excited. They want something like this to happen. Uh, BCCI has confirmed that they are in plans of a women's IPL possibly next year uh, but they've been saying this for a long time so let's every see how year. it goes where it yeah. goes every yeah. year
0: for the last few years it's yeah, yeah yeah we'll look at something next year and then it's that yeah. the the what is it the women's t20 challenge they yeah. call it which is like three meaningless games you know is it's, it's decent enough because they they pull in okay crowds and they do get yeah. some good players over international players as well but but it's not long enough. Is... You, you can't get yeah, into sorry. it. And you're right about the branding as well, because yeah. you you automatically, you know, if you support the men's team, you, you're going to be affiliated mm-hmm. with the women's side. It's, yeah. It happens in the 100 in England, where you do get some of the Indian players coming over and playing. And, and yes, the 100 is not going to take off across the world because India and Australia aren't interested in, in a different format, you know, especially mm-hmm. in India with the IPL being... So successful, they're not going to move away from a T20 format. Um, but you in the 100, you have eight teams, and they've all got men's and women's teams as part of their franchises. And, and that is the contract that has been signed. Are you surprised then, just on a final note, that the BCCI, you know, they've talked about tendering out interest and, and you know, garnering interest from the current franchises to start a women's IPL with six teams initially? There are 10 men's teams. What if all 10 wanted a franchise? Will all 10 want a franchise? And even if they don't, should they be forced to have a women's team like they are in the 100? And not forced, but just as part of the contract. I mean, the BCCI clearly wants to sell the rights to the women's team separately and make money out of this. And let's not make no bones about it. That that is exactly what they want to do. And that's why they're not just adding it into the the current IPL deals with the current franchises that, that look after the men's teams. Are you surprised that they just don't go to all 10 teams and say, right, from next year, we'll give you a little bit of extra money or whatever. You all I'd have s- to have a women's team.
1: Yeah, I'd say even if there's six teams, at least something is better. Let's not warn the world and when we have nothing. So even if five or six teams first come together, I think that's a start. Then later on we can see. But at least it's better than having a four-match sc- scam, I'd say, because it's it, it's meaningless. But So even if there are six teams who are interested and it's a longer, possibly a month-long tournament also, at least it's a start, it's an opportunity for players. I would wa- love all teams to be a part of it, but as I said, beggars can't be choosers, so let's just be happy with the first... Uh, Four
0: steps here yeah. well, that is a fair point and uh just in case uh, you are listening to this um and wondering about the commonwealth games and why we've not talked a bit more about it of course we are recording this before the india barbados game india of course beating pakistan quite comfortably as expected uh, in the second game of the group stage over in the commonwealth games and, and that match against barbados a crucial match really in terms of who's going to finish second in the group, unless India beat Barbados, which would be quite far-fetched. Barbados, probably the third-strongest side in the group on paper, Um, but you just never know in in the T20 format. So India, regardless, needing to beat Barbados in that game, you you will have seen the results probably after the time that this podcast is released, but we are recording before that particular match. Uh, Whatever the case, we wish the Indian women's team Uh, the best of luck in the Commonwealth Games, and uh, we hope that they can uh, pick up a medal and uh, once again, just uh, firmly plant that seed uh, of a women's IPL perhaps at some point in 2023. Well, that is uh, about all we've got time for on this particular episode. Don't forget, we'll be back uh, very shortly in the next uh, few days with another edition for you. Uh, But for now, thank you very much for listening. Well, thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally. I'm uh, at Nikesh Raghani on Twitter and on Instagram. And Sarah is at Swaris16 on Twitter, where you can find links to everything we do outside of 99.94. Remember, if you love cricket, then 99.94 is the home of cricket audio. Follow them for podcasts and commentary from the world of cricket.
2: Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age...